Shalom, Mishpocha. Shalom, family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people where the middle wall is separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, Mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. Now, I don't know an adjective to describe my guest. Red hot, it's too, it's too tame. My guest is Steve Hill. I met Steve for the first time at the great Brownsville, Pensacola, Florida revival. Uh, and we've been friends ever since. Uh, but for those that aren't that familiar with him, uh, I'm going to take you back to the beginning. Uh, Steve, uh, <laughs> Just briefly, how how did you become a, a, a drug addict? I became a drug addict, and first of all, it's great to be with you, Sid. You're one of my dearest, dearest friends, and I admire the fact that you believe in the supernatural. Uh, any Christian that does not believe in the supernatural, I question whether or not they even believe in Jesus. But um, to answer your question... I became a drug addict uh, due to uh, a desire to experience something more than a, just a, uh, a normal, everyday life. I was raised in a, in a military family, uh, middle to upper class, and um, I was caught up in the whole hippie scene many, many years ago, and it sucked me uh, into a world that I thought I would never make it out of. I was a mainliner, which is a, a needle-using dope addict, arrested 13 times, and uh, it's a miracle that I am alive today, Sid. So that's a little bit of what... I, I, saw, the, I saw the before picture, and, uh, I mean, what a transformation. You were, you were headed towards an early death uh, on an express train, and, and, and you know what I like about you, Steve? That same zeal that you had for drugs, you have that for God now. I'm glad, Sid. I'm so glad you see that because I see the same parallel, okay? I was bananas for the devil. I did anything he wanted me to do. When I became a Christian, I immediately became a fanatic. Immediately. It wasn't days or weeks or months. I sold out to Jesus, and I've been sold out for decades and I want to encourage anyone that's listening today, I mean, really listening, you're tuned in to sell out to him totally. Because if you walk the fence, straddle the fence, and live a lukewarm life, you will never, ever experience what the Lord has for you. Uh, Steve, let me, I'm reminded of the scripture in Revelation. I'd rather you be hot or cold, but this, this goes against most people's theology, but these are the words of Jesus. I'd rather you be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, and in the Greek it says, I'll vomit you out of my mouth, goes against a lot of theology of today. <laughs> Listen, Sid, yesterday I was out and with my wife, and we were doing some shopping, and uh, I, uh, I always witness everywhere I go, and I was talking to a man about Jesus. I always say, do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? I don't ask them if they go to church and stuff like that because that just prolongs uh, their lives. And so uh, he just said, he goes, yes, I do. And I said, don't lie to me. And he looked at me and he goes, sir, I'm not lying to you. He said, let me tell you something. If I lied to you, I will probably end my life in a burning hell. 
Mm. I said, um, hey, good for you, Revelation 21.8. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve, I, I've got to take you back. Did you have a long, drawn-out withdrawal from your from your uh, heroin habit? No, sir. Tell me what happened. What happened was I, um, I received Christ through a Lutheran minister. He came to my house, led me to the Lord. Two weeks later, uh, I went to jail. Yes, I went through times when, when you're a drug addict and you're not doing drugs anymore— you go through, you know, violent times mentally and all, but at this particular time, I wasn't using vials and vials of morphine every day and running up, you know, all kinds of coke and all. And, and so two weeks later, I went to jail for some old warrants. I sat in jail for three months, and while in jail, the Lord really dealt with me, and a man came up, spoke to me about a program called Teen Challenge, and the judge said this to me, said, in the courtroom, he said, this is against my better judgment, but I am probating you to a program called Teen Challenge. And then he said, if you mess up one time, I'm going to put you into prison for 25 years. Do you understand? And I said, yes. And then I said, your honor. And he said, shut up. I don't want to hear a thing from you. Get out of my courtroom. Because I had been arrested so many times. So I went to Teen Challenge and then um, I just got deeper and deeper into the things of God, brother. Got around David Wilkerson. And Leonard Ravenhill, and man, they just, they changed my life, man. Okay, you've had many encounters with the Lord, but I have to believe uh, that when you went to Argentina, uh, that's when you moved into a new realm with the Lord. Tell me about that. Yeah, there's, uh, there's no doubt about that. When I, uh, my wife and I moved to Argentina, and that's a story in itself, but we moved to Argentina and lived there for seven years during the Great Argentine Revival. And uh, this is back in 84 when I first went to uh, Argentina. And um, I had never seen anything like it. And for those who had never heard of the Argentine Revival, I'm, I, I'm sad. It really breaks my heart. Because I watched with my own eyes millions of people get saved. Not through my ministry, through everyone's ministry. I mean, it was the most phenomenal thing. You could go to any church in town, and you would see the altars filled. I mean, of any type of church, it was, I, I've never seen anything like that before. No, it's it's swept across denominational lines. I was getting calls from Baptists, Episcopalian. I mean, they were saying, come and preach. And I'm going, dear God, I don't have the time. Uh, people were listening to about it on the radio and would jump into cabs and go to churches because they wanted to be saved. Oh, brother, not only— <laughs> It's so funny you're saying that. There was there, part of that revival. There were so many people getting hit by the power of God, you know, having Saul of Tarsus experiences, that the cabs would line up outside the churches. They would line up just for a blocks and blocks, picking up the slain in the Lord because they couldn't make their way back home. And <laughs> I know you do, Sid, but others, we don't believe in that. That's another sad story, because there's nothing like being touched by God. Everyone needs to have an encounter with the Lord. Steve, I have to ask you, is, is it too late for America, or do you see a potential for that type of revival in America? I am very optimistic for this nation, and the only reason I am, I've sort of given up on my generation. I'm 59, you know, and I st I'll be preaching if the Lord allows me to for another 20, 30 years, and I'll be preaching hard and heavy. But what I'm doing now, Sid, is I'm counseling 
and mentoring young men and women. They're coming to my house, and my wife and I are raising them up. We also have a church here in Dallas, but I love the personal contact. So, yes, they're going after God. They want to see this country changed. And if Jesus can do it with a dozen, so can we. Um, well, look, look, if Argentina can get it, we can get it in the U.S. Our country was founded on God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, okay. So what happened to—tell me one experience uh, when you got really zapped by God in Argentina. Well, one of them was when I went to see a man by the name of Carlos Anacondia, and uh, Carlos is, a, is an owner of a nuts and bolts factory. And uh, he started holding crusades, and they, they grew, they grew, they grew, they grew. Not Carlos, the crusades. You know, they just grew in front of him. And, you know, I would go to the crusades, and there'd be 15,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000. It was just amazing. Went on forever, like for year after year after year. And the services, Sid, were five to seven hours. So let me answer your question. One night, I went up to Carlos. So, so wait a second. That, now, you just described to me God-sensitive. We understand in America seeker-sensitive, but you just told me what is God-sensitive. But go ahead. <laughs> oh, brother, you're exactly right. Anyway, I went up to Carlos, and I, and I was in a suit, had a tie on, and I looked, man, I, I looked, you know, straight out of GQ. And I, and I, looked, at the, um, I looked at him in the face, and I, and I said, Carlos, and I hit myself on the forehead, which means, you know, pray for me. And um, he reached out, laid his hands on me, and I was hit by the power of God. Now, I'd, I've had experiences, brother, but I've had only several like this. I was hit by the power of God, and I fell backwards into a puddle of mud. I mean, my <laughs> suit was ruined. Brother. That was not a courtesy fall. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> my, my suit was ruined, but my spirit was saved, man. And after that, it was all she wrote, man. We just kept going more after God, fasting, praying, and then we started seeing the power coming down, and I don't know, the rest is history. Now, the reason I'm interviewing you, and God does this to me every uh, once in a while, I wish it would happen always, is you have got an absolute word from God for this generation, and it's life or death. And I'm interviewing you because you have a brand new book. Uh, we've got uh, it available. It's not in the bookstores yet. It's called Spiritual Avalanche, subtitled The Threat of False Teaching That Could Destroy Millions. And literally, it could kill millions. But it doesn't have to be you. And this book develops the, the vision that God gave Steve, it was, it was in color, uh, it was an open vision, and we'll get into that a little later on in the week, uh, but uh, it, it's really scary because when I read that vision, just uh, a paragraph about it, uh, I put it immediately on my Facebook because everyone has to understand this and 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 understand how diabolical the devil is, but there's an avalanche coming, and millions are going to die, and we'll be talking about it this week. And then I'm equally excited because if you don't demonstrate the power of God, then you don't have anything to show this world. And we have 
five of Steve Hill's CDs called Operating in the Miraculous. Steve is a miracle, and we'll get into that in a little while. He shouldn't be talking to me right now because uh, he should be in heaven. But there's more work for him to do, and that's why he's talking to me. So I urge you to get a hold of this book and the five CDs so that you're going to get off of your seat and start doing the works of Jesus because I know that Jesus is coming back soon. And we're bonusing a very unique DVD, which was done as we did our television show and ministry time at our School of Mentoring, available for a gift of $45. Call our order-only line, one 800 447 2697 1-800-447-2697. Just out of curiosity, uh, you went out for just a, a meeting at, at uh, the Brownsville Church in Pensacola, Florida, uh, and that turned into a meeting in which over 4 million people attended because there were such power radiating all over that congregation. Uh, People were saved in uh, amazing numbers. Uh, You were telling me that even the school system was affected. Tell me about that. Oh, they would call us because kids were... uh were falling out under the power in the hallways, and one principal had several kids laid out in his office, and they had the paramedics there trying to resuscitate them with oxygen. And, you know, the bottom line is God was moving, Sid, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast forward just a little bit because we it just an, 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 a, a revival. is It's a move of God. It has nothing to do with a building, okay? You go back to Azusa right now, and it's a, it's a parking lot. Okay, it had nothing to do with the building. It had to do with the Spirit of God. And so the revival moved, God touched, and it went on for years and years and years. Uh, later, uh, I moved on. My wife and I moved on. We worked in, uh, we, had, we had previously, after we worked in Argentina for seven years, let me back up a second, worked for there for seven years. We went to Russia, planted a church. We had planted 12 churches in Argentina, built an orphanage. And I'm not bragging. This is just what young people do when they're on fire. And then I read in a magazine about a move of God in England. I read in Time magazine, so I went over there and had Sandy Miller pray for me at the Anglican Church. And uh, I've always, if there's a move of God, Sid, I've always gone after it, okay? If, if you told me that there's a 12-year-old girl uh, in a certain town that God is using mightily and there's signs and wonders, I would go. I would go. If it was legitimate, I would go to receive a touch from God, period. And so people say, well, if God's going to move, he'll come to our church and move, whatever. Whatever. Why don't you do both? Why don't you pray that he comes to your church, and why don't you go after him also? Well, you know, that is a hunger. Help me out. I have this hunger, but I don't know how to answer this. How can someone listening to us right now have that kind of hunger for God? Well, it's not that difficult. And what we try to do is manufacture some type of relationship with Jesus. You either know him or you don't. And the way you know him is you ask him to forgive you of your sins and to come into your life. And right now, anyone who doesn't know Jesus, anyone that doesn't know Yeshua, you don't know the Lord, you can pray right now and say, Jesus, forgive me. I have sinned. Wash me. Come into my life. Be my Lord, 
my Savior, my very best friend. And it's not the length of your prayer, my friend. It is the quality of your prayer. And so I have a relationship with Jesus, and he knows that he can download into my spirit anything because I love him. And if you love him, Sid, the Bible says you'll do what he asks you to do. And this, you look at America. The reason we're so messed up in the United States of America in the Western church is because we say we love him, but we don't follow him. And so that's probably a whole other broadcast. Tell me, uh, I want you to pick one out of the thousands, if not uh, tens of thousands of miracles that you saw at, in Pensacola. I want you to pick one and tell me about it. Well, you're being difficult now, and because I don't talk about miracles unless they're validated, and so um, so we spend time validating. And one particular uh, miracle which astounded me, and you know, people were always coming up, said with X-rays before and after, and all this, and you know, I'd say glory to God, and uh, in Spanish, I'd say Gloria a Dios, and Dios hizo algo maravilloso, glory to God, He's done something marvelous. But there was this one girl who came, Sid, and she was uh, consumed with cancer, 15 years old, wearing a baseball cap, skinny as a rail, probably weighed, I don't know, 80 pounds. And um, she was dying, and she was sent to us by a particular organization that, that, that let people that are dying, let kids that are dying uh, have their last request. And uh, she decided, rather than go to Disney World or somewhere like that, she decided to come uh, to the Brownsville Revival. And remember, we had been on CNN, Good Morning America, and, uh, you know, just uh, Newsweek, and it goes on and on. And so people were hitting it, being hit by this revival from all angles. It wasn't just a, like a Christian-sponsored thing. God was moving. And so she told her parents she wanted to come down here. The organization okayed it. Uh, they came down, and this was one of the only times I ever made a show as far as bringing someone forward. But God really spoke to me and said, we need to pray for her publicly. We did pray for her publicly, said. And uh, two weeks later, I received a letter, and this is back before emails. I received a letter from her father saying that they had had the MRIs, the PET scans, all the, you know, all the, uh, all the investigative work done on her and that she was cancer-free. Well, fast forward years, okay, that was back in 1998, okay, here we are uh, years later, okay, several years later, way after the miracle, we contacted her. And uh, my secretary had her number, contacted her. She had moved out west. Uh, She was totally clean of cancer. She had graduated from a university, and she gave God all the glory for touching her. So, you know, miracles like that said we should not be surprised. And right now, if there's somebody that you're going, my God, why won't that happen to me? It can happen to you, my friend. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I'm believing God for a healing touch in your body. I'm believing God to raise you up. Cancer, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Satan, you have no authority over this man, over this woman, over this child. In Jesus' name, we bind you. In Jesus' name, we speak healing in Jesus' name. 
Steve, I believe people all over the world are being healed at this moment. But I have to take you uh, to a point. May 2011, you've seen people healed all over the world. Uh, You're on your deathbed. In 2001, they discovered melanoma. It had metastasized. uh, And uh, there was really uh, no hope. But you went to everyone you knew. You were as hungry to be healed, obviously. You're a young man. Uh, you're you're at, the, at really the, the, everything you've been trained for is for this moment. Uh, and you know that it's not God's will. You're going to die, but you get worse and worse and worse. And uh, uh, May 2011, you're on your deathbed. What happened? Well, uh, for those of you that are um, are experiencing the, the tormenting uh, effects of cancer, or you know somebody. It's, I, I've never met a family that doesn't know about cancer. Somebody's a friend, a neighbor. And what happened to me was I had many, many, many chemotherapies. And I'm not going to go through them, uh, Sid, in this broadcast, uh, but some of them lasted nine months. Uh, one particular um, chemotherapy, they would tie men with straps to the bed because the the influx of the poison, which that's poison, chemo is poison, would cause them to violently shake and then throw the bed over. And anyway, I went through nine months of that and then eight months of another one and seven months of another one, and finally my body gave up. And um, I was at the point where it was over, and the, uh, the authorities came into my room. They looked at me, and I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I, I could barely talk. And uh, I didn't know my wife's name. I, I called her George. Um, and, and I'd look straight at her and call her George. I, I'd lost everything. And um, I knew it was over for me. And um, uh, the, uh, the doctors told my wife that, um, that I've got a few days and to, uh, to go ahead and make preparations. So she bought two burial plots, one for her, one for me. And she planned my funeral uh, in the room I'm sitting in right now. Uh, she planned my funeral. And... Uh, wept because the man she had been married to for three decades was dying. And now the authorities who know all about the physical body was saying it's over. There's nothing more that can be done. And I turned to her and I said, Jerry, I'm going to die. So take me off everything. Just take me off everything. And I know it's going to be violent, but take me off every drug because they had me on drugs. Everything shut down, Sid. My my liver, my kidneys, everything stopped. And I'm not going to get graphic with the audience, but it was horrible. It was horrible. And um, she slowly weaned me off the medication. And we're talking about a period of many, many, many horrific months. But God slowly worked a miracle and the staff would come in and they'd help me walk a few feet I couldn't walk 50 feet and uh, slowly but surely God began to restore me and I can't put a finger on when it happened all I know is that God touched me now am I still dealing with cancer yeah I still have some effects and I don't know what's going on but let me tell you I live a full life I work from 14 to 18 hours a day I preach. I laid hands the other day on at least 800 people. 
in a I don't know if I could do that, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, our time is up. On yesterday's broadcast, Steve Hill was sharing how God took him out of the deathbed. They, he was, uh, in fact, Steve, what did the uh, the hospice workers say to you? The uh, uh, just before you said enough is enough. <laughs> no, they you know they were just doing their job, okay. And I, I know I'm real careful about using names of organizations, but that's fine. The bottom line is it was it was over, all right. And they'd been there, done that, and they knew. Uh, how much time did they say you could live? Just a few days. That's what I thought. And, but, you know, there's something about, even though you had been prayed for by the best, even though you prayed for all you were worth, even though you've seen hundreds of thousands of miracles of people with cancer, uh, people on their deathbed, uh, but there was something about you reached a point and you said, I'm going off of all medications, all of the radiation and the chemo and all of these things. And it took you months to get that out of your system. Uh, but there were, uh, And it was gradual. You explained that. But how does a doctor explain you have the amount of energy you have right now? Let me tell you what I prayed to the Lord. And some people that are listening, you think I'm super spiritual. I am extremely spiritual. But during this time, I was not having two and three hour devotions with the Lord. I couldn't even, I couldn't read the Bible. I couldn't understand television. I called my wife. If you were listening to yesterday's broadcast, I called her George and her name is Jerry. And I was, I was gone. And so I prayed a prayer, Sin. I said, Jesus, uh, it doesn't look good. Uh, if you let me live, I tell you what I'm going to do. I will win another million people to you. Now, Lord, if I die, I'm with you. And so that's really, to die is gain, the Bible says, Jesus. And I was just talking to him. Just He was just Jesus and me alone. And friend, listener, You've got to get to a place where it's you and Jesus alone, where it doesn't, it's not somebody else interpreting everything. You're talking to Jesus. And I said, if you'll let me live. And and he knew I wasn't talking about a million more, uh, you know, choir members. He knew I was talking about radical, radical evangelism, that I'll win people to him that have never, ever known the Lord. And that's what we're doing. Okay. Yeah, the energy level that you have, I know few people that can do what you're doing right now. God obviously took you up on that, uh, on that, and uh, you've got your work cut out for you. You're going to make a million Steve Hills. That's what I believe God wants you to do. And, and, and so, Steve, the reason I contacted you is I heard about the open vision. Tell me about it. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I was sitting in my living room all alone, and I start talking to Jesus. And as I was talking to the Lord, something happened that I've never had happened before in my life. Uh, he instructed me to close my eyes, and uh, he began, the only way I can say this is in modern day lingo is he downloaded a full color vision 
into my spirit about what's going on in the Western church and how it's spreading all over the world and how I have been saved from death to help stop this avalanche of false teaching. And uh, let me go one step further. As we talk about this vision, many that are listening, and you're going to understand this so well, you're going to see yourself in this vision and in the book. Sid, you are called to blow up this avalanche. And an avalanche is a piling up of snow. It can be a foot, two feet, three feet, four feet, five feet, but it piles up. And when it piles up, if it's not destroyed, it's going to come down the mountainside and kill everything in its path. And what is happening right now? So much false teaching is piling up, one on top of the other, that if we don't do something about it, it's going to come sweeping down on innocent Christians who have been listening and partaking of this candy, of this food that's actually poison, and uh, they're going to be spiritually killed. I speak to you, audience, and I speak to you, Sid, as one who's experiencing that right now. Because the vision is online, it's out there, people are calling, people are away from God, they're asking me to forgive them, they're asking Jesus to forgive them, they see themselves as one of those that is being destroyed by the teachings of today, and uh, I just know without a doubt that this is a open vision, and I can talk about that from the Lord. Okay, I want you to explain to me what you saw step by step. Now, I know there's no way we can handle anything close to everything you saw in the teaching, and that's why we're going to be offering your brand new book that's not in the bookstores yet called Spiritual Avalanche and your five CDs. I want everyone to be mentored by Steve Hill to move in the supernatural, and the five CDs are titled Operating in the Miraculous. It's available for a gift of $45, and we're bonusing this very unique DVD by Steve Hill, which is his television show and ministry time done after the shoot, off the charts. So tell me about that vision, Steve. Uh, For those who are listening, and I say that quite often with radio broadcasts and television. I've been doing radio and television, like you said, for many, many decades. You can watch or listen, but not be watching and listening. And for those who are listening, uh, you will understand this word avalanche. When you see the book, you're going to see that that is the predominant word. It's going to jump out at you. Not the spiritual, but the avalanche that could kill millions, okay? Avalanche is what I saw, and I'm just going to down, I'm going to give it to you very quickly, so listen. As I was sitting in my chair on my couch, the Lord started giving me a full picture of a ski resort. Now, I am a skier. I'm a downhill skier. My whole family is. So I understood 
the places, if you live in America, like uh, Vail, Colorado, and and Aspen, and some of these resorts, they're all Breckenridge. They're all just beautiful villages, uh, uh, Swiss-looking chalets, and it, that's exactly what I saw. I saw people running around laughing, having a great time, and the details are all in the book, and I saw so many details. And then the Lord began to reveal to me, as the people went to their homes, to go to sleep, went to their condos, they went to their chalets, they went to their hotels. The Lord showed me there was a group that was not going to the hotels, and that was the avalanche patrol. They were on full alert because it was about to snow. Uh, I'll tell you the thought that's coming to me. Sounds to me like you're describing the days of Noah. That's what you're describing. They were they were marrying, they were uh, working, they were doing every, you know, they were busy with the th- activities of this life, and they didn't know that avalanche was, was ready to happen. I hope I have a couple minutes, because this is what I saw. The ski patrol mounted helicopters, ski mobiles, and then one group actually operated anti-tank artillery. They set it up on the streets. Now remember, I'm watching this. I've never seen this in my life. And they began going up the hill. They began sticking dynamite into the mountain. They began blowing up the mountain from the helicopters. Then they began shooting shells, massive shells from those artillery guns into the mountains. And they were blowing up the avalanche, knowing that in just a few hours, if they didn't do their job, then skiers who had come to just enjoy life would die. Now, spiritually, if we don't do our jobs as prophets, evangelists, as teachers, pastors, if we don't do our job, then who is going to destroy the avalanche of false teaching that's going to come down the hill and kill millions of people? It's already killing millions. I'm on the phone almost every day with young people that are saying, I've got to get out of here. I've got to get out of here. My own daughter, said was taught two weeks ago that now that she's a Christian, she can do anything she wants. She can sin. She can go to bed with her boyfriend. She can do drugs. She can drink because she's a Christian, and she's saved, and nothing's going to separate her from God. And I want to tell you something. Nothing more will separate you from God than that type of teaching because only the holy will see the Lord. Well, again, there's no way we can cover everything. That's why they're going to need the book. But I can tell you that God has put in my heart, even before I talked with you and saw the vision, a lot of this false teaching, it's rampant. It isn't. It's literally an avalanche right now. You can't watch most Christian TV and listen to most Christian radio without hearing some of this teaching coming out. Now, unfortunately, we're out of time, but we'll pick up right here on tomorrow's broadcast. Uh, but I, I urge you to get this book. We've got it before it's in the bookstores. Uh, the title is Spiritual Avalanche, subtitled The Threat of False Teaching That Could Destroy 
millions. I don't know if I would put the word could. I get. I get. I don't know if my faith is up there. It's not could. I believe it's going to kill millions, but it doesn't have to kill you. It doesn't have to kill your loved ones. And that's why I want you to get this book. And then I want you to be personally mentored by Steve Hill with his five CDs operating in the miraculous. And we're bonusing this very unique DVD by Steve Hill, which is his television show and ministry time done after the shoot, available for a gift of $45. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. Briefly recap what that avalanche uh, was in the dream, and then tell us more. In the open vision, it was in full color early in the morning, and uh, what I saw was a resort, a beautiful resort. Everyone was happy, restaurants, ski shops, and then everyone went to their hotels outside of a few men, and I, it was about 20. They hopped on helicopters, and they hopped on uh, snowmobiles and manned anti-tank weapons, and because there was a there was a snowfall coming in, it was almost a blizzard that was coming down, and they knew that if they did not destroy the snow, that many people would die. Now the skiers, like today's Christians, are oblivious to much of the teaching, and the skiers are oblivious to the snowfall because snow looks like snow. The Bible says angel, the devil comes as an angel of light, and so he's going to come in, and it's all going to look good. He will tickle your ears. He'll make you happy, and that's what was happening in this vision. And they began, after the snow fell, they began blowing up the mountains. They began shooting shells, and I want to share in this broadcast, if this is your first time to hear this vision, I want to share with you. Uh, on, on a conversation that I had immediately after I had the vision, I contacted the Colorado Ski Patrol because I wanted to know what was I seeing and was it valid? Was I seeing something that really happens? And so the, the, here's the overriding problem. The overriding problem is we're allowing teaching, and we feel in our spirit, Brother Sid, that it's wrong. But we're allowing it to come down and down and down. That's what I said in the title, that could kill millions. I put could in there because I don't want it to happen. And I know that if we man our posts, as these ski patrols man their posts, then we can stop it from killing the spiritual lives of millions of people. And I had a call. Let me share with you one more thing. I had a call from the Eastern Bloc Nation. They called me up and they said, Pastor Hill, I'm in a large church. I'm the pastor. We have 2,000 members. And, and this was from Siberia. And he said, would you do me a favor? And I said, what do you want? He said, first of all, I want you to come here and preach. Second of all, would you stop all the teaching that is pouring in from your country and other Western-type countries. It is destroying our church and our people. I can't—it's I, I, beyond my comprehension when I hear what I, I hear in TV, Christian TV and Christian books and Christian radio, uh, and it's, it's because it's like candy— 
it seems like the masses are buying this false teaching. Well, why, why should we be surprised, Sid, and for those of you that are brand new in the Lord, as you read the Word, it should come as no surprise. This is all going to happen. It's going to happen in the last days. And when I talk about, I talk about, I, this book is an educational book. It's not a mean book. I'm not running around bashing people. But I'm talking about things like the deification of man. That means lifting up man as God. All over the world, you can see this happening right now, where pastors being elevated. If the pastor said it, I believe it. Rather than seeking the scripture to see if the spirit of the Lord is in this, People just jump in. Yeah, you know, most Christians are not reading their Bible every day. If Christians were reading their Bible every day, they wouldn't they, they wouldn't fall for these things. I mean, it's the Bible says one thing and, and the teachers are saying another. Give me a list of some of the areas you're covering in the book of false teaching. I'm talking about the um what I, what I just mentioned, the deification of man, which is lifting up man as a god, and you don't have to be a scholar to understand that. Then I talk about universal reconciliation, and we cover this thoroughly, okay? We just don't jump on it and run off. That means that everyone, even the devil, gets ultimately saved. Everyone everyone gets in, okay? And then we talk about how how the teaching, modern-day teaching, is is. Uh, challenging the validity of the Word of God. Now, one of my good friends, if I mentioned his name, everyone who know, would know who he was, one of my good friends just got back from a major nation, and he said, Steve, it is spreading all over the country. They are teaching that there are no judgments. There's no great white throne judgment. There's no judgment seat of Christ, and there's no once to die after this the judgment. He said they've already gone through the the, the, the submissive and the fun and the party grace message, now they're going into the judgment. He said they're picking apart the Word of God, taking what they want to eat, and spitting out the rest. And uh, it's our job, Sid. I'm going to raise up my voice. I mean, I'm not going to— okay, but, but, you know, here's the problem. People don't know the Bible that well. They hear teaching. It sounds wonderful. It makes them feel good because it's feel-good teaching. And it, it's almost like—and it's uh, they don't even tell what they really believe. You have to get into their books to find it out. It's almost a Pied Piper, but before, by, by, by the time you're hooked, it's too late. One pastor said in the area— he taught this in his pastor's school, I know because we sent some of our pastors to the school, and he said, when you're pastoring, do not ever let the people know what you believe. He said, just get them in and get them out. Don't let them know what you believe. Later on, you can talk more about that, but don't let them ever know what you believe. That means no blood, no cross, no altar calls, no, you know, it's appointing unto man wants to die after that, the judgment, you know, the rapture, all this. Don't talk about any of that. Yeah, and by the way, that's what I'm saying to you. They're, they are just talking about what people want to hear. They're just, and they're, it's, it's not only, uh, many of them, it's not what they're saying, it's what they're not saying. Exactly. There's a chapter in the book called All the Words in Red. Now, I happen to have a copy of a book called The Red Letters, okay? Now, there's an old, old book called The Words in Red. I think that's the title. I'm trying to find it because you know, Sid, that I collect old books. I've got 4,000 old books. I just love them. 
And um, But if you read the words in red, I had devotions the other day in this book, just the words in red. Now, it's all Bible. And yes, in the Old Testament, God spoke also. And yeah, that should all be in red and whatever. Theologians, I'm not there with you, okay? Just relax, okay? I'm not here to fight with you. I'm just saying that these are the things Jesus taught. And if pastors would just teach what Jesus taught, we would see revival in this nation. No doubt about it. Uh, Steve, tell me um, why you're so concerned right now. I, I had a dream. I know Jesus is coming back soon. I know that. He told me he is coming back soon. Now, every generation has said he's coming back soon, but we've never had a generation like this that has seen so much Bible prophecy fulfilled. Ever. The prophecies are being fulfilled. You do not have to be a scholar to see the signs. And there's another chapter in the book, The Signs of the Times, and it all has to do with skiing and Christianity. Okay, the parallels are going to absolutely blow your mind. You'll not only enjoy them, but your mind, your spiritual mind, will be so filled with truth. And I can't, you know... I just want to, I want to somehow, Sid, you know what I'm talking about, I just want to get this into people's heads and say, listen, listen, because there is not much time left. Let me say one more thing. Do we got a half a minute? We, we have more than that. Go ahead. I called the Colorado Ski Patrol after I had the vision. I called a friend up in Colorado. She lives in a major resort. And in an hour, the ski patrol called me back. And I began walking around the kitchen with my phone, listening to this young man talk about his job as a ski patrolman. And he said, Mr. Hill, everything that you heard, everything that you saw in what you call a vision, and it was obvious that he didn't know the Lord, but uh, everything that you saw is everything that happens here. He said, the vacationers, are, are they, they come in here, they want a perfect resort, just like people want a perfect church. Uh, they, pay their, they pay their dues, they pay for the, the hotels and all, and then I'm going in my mind, we pay our tithes, I'm just looking at all, you know, and we expect a nice, comfortable church to go to. And then he said this, said, he said, Mr. Hill, can I say something to you? He said, personally, I man an anti-tank weapon. He said, my shells shoot five miles into the mountains. And he said, we destroy everything. Then he said this. He said, we destroy all the avalanches. Then he said this. Do you want to know why people die in avalanches? And I was already weeping, Sid. I was crying my eyes out. And my, my cell phone was soaked. And he said, you want to know why they die? He said, because they don't listen to me. And his voice began to crack. He said, I warned them not to go, but they go anyway. They're arrogant. Steve, I'm sorry. We have to stop here. We're out of time. Steve had an open vision in which he saw an avalanche of deception hitting. And why not? The Bible says in the last days there'll be deception. And that's what he has seen. But Steve, when people hear your vision or read your new book, although they can't read it yet, but we have it available, uh, do they accuse you of being unloving, old-fashioned? I mean, this holiness stuff, that's passe. Well, Sid, I appreciate you bringing that up, and uh, I welcome the audience. It's just great talking with you. Um, people, believe it or not, as they listen to the vision, 
they have been kinder than negative. They've been, it's like, I don't know, it's like a spiritual father speaking to the children sternly. And um, we, yeah, we do have the negative, but I never answer them. Uh, David Wilkerson taught me that. He said, don't waste your time. And he said, but minister to the people. I've got in my hands something. Now, an avalanche is a pile, it, it comes from the piling of snow on top of layer after layer after layer, and then it gets so tall that it's got to give way. And it's called the slab. And in the old days, Sid, they used to call, they used to think that the devil would ride and witches would ride on the top of these avalanches. And they would guide them into the cities. Think about this. And they would kill everyone in their path. This is what people believed. And now, would to God that people would believe what I have seen in this vision. And I've got in my hand an avalanche probe. It is ten and a half feet long. And it is, it is, it is, it's, the most, it's the most violent tool I've ever had in my tool chest. And the hardest illustration that I've ever used. It Actually, you use it to jab the snow, dig deeper and deeper. It's a long shaft, and you're looking for bodies. Looking for bodies. I have in front of me, Sid, because of this avalanche of false teaching, I've got in front of me a montage or a collage of pictures of avalanches and warning signs, and in the middle of it are body bags, body bags full of dead skiers. And I'm going, God, not on my watch. I'm going to use this avalanche probe, and it represents the truth of Jesus, the truth of Yeshua, and I'm going to go down and down. I'm going to find the people that are barely breathing. I'm going to find the backsliders. I'm going to find the prodigals. I'm going to find these people and get them out of the snow before they die. That's why it could kill millions, but I'm going to do everything I can to stop it. Steve, my concern and I, I, I have a major burden for the kids that are in college, the kids that are in high school and even elementary school. Uh, they're being uh, – you're talking about the believers that are getting deception. I'm worried about the ones that never even become believers, that never even uh, – because they're, they're taught such lies about God and about the Bible. Something has got to penetrate them, and the only thing I know that can penetrate them is what I saw you do at Brown. Townsville, and that is the, the presence of the power of the living God changing lives, transforming people. I want you to speak to people for a few minutes now about the power of God. Wherever you are at spiritually, God loves you, has a plan for your life. I have preached to millions, just as, as Sid has preached to millions. At the Brownsville Revival, they came from everywhere. They came from 160 nations of the world. And now I travel around the world, and it's amazing. No, they're not at Brownsville anymore. They came to get a touch, and that's what's going to happen to you right now. They came to get a touch, and then they went back to Singapore. They went back to Ethiopia. They went back to Austria. They went back to their nations, and God mightily moved. And as I travel, the Spirit of God that touched them, he's still moving. So right now, if you're away from God, if you need Jesus to touch you, maybe you've been consumed by this false teaching, and you feel in your spirit something's wrong, or maybe you've never, ever, ever known the Lord. There is only one way to heaven, and that's through the shed blood of Jesus. He died for you, a man turned.
turn God, a God turn man, man God, God man. He died for you 2,000 years ago on a rugged cross. And there's no greater love than this that a man put his life down for his friends. He died for you, my friend. And he wants to save you. He wants to set you free. And as John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And I'm using my avalanche probe right now to go into the hearts of men, women, and children. Pray with me out loud. Say, Jesus, out loud, brother, sister, pray with me. Say, Jesus, I ask you now to save me. I have sinned. I'm sorry. Wash me, Jesus. I repent. Be my Savior, my Lord, and my very best friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Steve, since you came back from the deathbed, literally, you did. Uh, You should have been dead, according to all the reports. The anointing of God has uh, so, uh, would you say it's fair to say it's doubled on you? Well, I'm not going to say that. I'll say it. I'll I'll say it then. <laughs> I am amazed at the anointing right now. And I'm talking about the power of God. So you... uh, listen, I'm shaking in my chair as you're talking. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, man. And uh, another beautiful thing about the power of God is you don't have to be there for it to t- for him to touch you. He can touch you right now and I pray that on everyone listening. Touch them, Lamb of God. Touch them, Jesus. May they experience a fresh anointing, Lamb of God, in Jesus' name. I I believe that if everyone listening to us right now, if you're sick, if you would take your hand and either put it on your body or, if possible, put it on the part of your body that you need healing, I believe that if Steve prays right now, that anointing on him will blast out, uh, just like those weapons get rid of the avalanches, will blast out the cancer, the heart trouble, the diabetes, the, the, uh, the pain of any kind in your body. Would you pray right now, Steve? Jesus, you know us. You knit us together in our mother's womb. You know everything about us. And right now I speak to every sickness, every disease, be it cancer, heart problems, blood diseases, Lord God, mind problems, whatever it might be. Sicknesses that just go on forever, Lamb of God, but you covered it all. Every single sickness was covered on the back, on your back, on the cross. And Jesus, today, we look at the back of the cross, and we thank you for your healing. We thank you for the stripes. We thank you, Lord, that you paid the price. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Steve, I want you to put together a few minutes of your final thoughts of what God has shown you through your vision of the avalanche. I want to warn you that God is has wrapped his hands around the rope that closes the curtain of this play that we call life. He is ready to wrap things up. All the signs, everything is in place. And I can't believe anyone would not open up their spirit and say, you know what? This is for real. This is not a game 
I need to get right and stay right with Jesus. And I want to encourage you, my friend, not only giving your life to Jesus, but living your life day in and day out for the Lord. And you will be used of the Spirit of God in signs and wonders. And isn't that your goal, to be used of God? God bless you. Love you. This is Steve Hill. And um, I don't know, man. Uh, God has plans for your life in Jesus' name. Well, I want everyone equipped to fulfill their destiny. Uh, personally, for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live into my 90s. And then if I want to live more, I think I will because I believe <laughs> that I, I don't believe <laughs> that, that we're, we have that much time. I think Jesus is ready to come back any second and we have to live our life like that. I want you to get his book, Spiritual Avalanche, subtitled. The threat of false teachings that could destroy millions. It's not in the bookstores yet. We have it available. And it's five CDs. I want Steve to mentor you on operating in the miraculous so that God will say to you one day, well done, good and faithful servant. And we have a bonus, a special DVD called Spiritual Avalanche that was recorded at our television show. We're making this available for a gift of $45. This is the Shabbat broadcast. Let me pray over you. The Lord is blessing you. He's blessing you right now. The Lord is keeping you right now. The Lord is surrounding you with his favor right now. The Lord is smiling upon you right now. The Lord is getting ready to receive. The Lord is gifting you right now. Now, the Lord is giving you his shalom, his completeness in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body right now in the name that is above every problem, Yeshua HaMashiach Sikinu, Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness. Your To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222 Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, 
send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.